you to the official Titans podcast, better known as the OTP. My name is Mike Keith. Amy Wells is always here. Hello, Mike. How are you? I just live in this studio. You live in the studio. This is it. We're very lucky that Titans Radio's Dave McGinnis is here. Coach Mack? I'm Mike Keith. All right. We're I'm glad, good. We're glad you're here. you have power? No, still do not have any power. Okay. Still don't have any power, but I've got first world problems. Right. Uh, uh, you know, in, in comparison to my neighbors. I was up there all weekend in East Nashville. It's still take a while to dig out, but I'm fine. I've been taken well care of. Good. Good, good, good. Well, on today's edition of the OTP, Jim Wyatt is tagging out, the great Jim Wyatt, and we tag in a season ticket member. We thought we need a Titans season ticket member, but this Titans season ticket member isn't just a season ticket member. He is a season ticket founder. He is an original from 1999. The OG. And he is well known for something else. He's a member of the Oak Ridge Boys. (laughs) Joe Bonsell, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mike. It's an honor to be here. I've been so excited about this since you first dropped me a note and said, would you consider coming down and doing the the Titans uh, podcast? Yes. (laughs) Well, let let me tell you why. Because, so I grew up an Oak Ridge Boys fan. Which is the Y'all Come Back Saloon is still one of my favorite songs of all time. 1977. Seven. I don't think you were that old, bro. Yeah, oh, I'm way that old. <laughs> <laughs> she played tambourine with a silver jingle. She you know sure the girl did. that wrote that just went into the hall, country, uh, into the Writers Hall of Fame? No kidding. Sharon Vaughn. Congratulations She to was. Uh, she also wrote My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys. They were the first two songs she ever wrote. Mel Tillis signed her to a deal. And uh, we got Saloon, and Willie got My Heroes, and uh, all of a sudden wow. she was a big songwriter she, in town. She did all right. Yeah, and she she's did written a lot right. of good songs since, but those first, how can you write those first two songs? That's first two ever. pretty great. But for me, so I'm calling the games. Mm-hmm. 1999, I look out of the booth, and there's Joe Bonson. That's awesome. And I <laughs> thought, so good. And I thought, this is a big deal. I, I, mean, I mean that sincerely. When I saw that you were there, I thought, wow. This is really this is Nashville behind this. This is the real thing, and and you grew up an NFL fan, so when you got a chance to be part of it, you dove right in. Oh, I dove right in. In fact, I could tell you to this day, all these years later, when I go to a game, whether it's my grandson with me and he's grown up there now, he's in the Navy and he grew up there. You invited him, thank you. That was awful not kind of you, but he's stationed far away, and. Uh, I go with my granddaughter or me and my wife, or there's been times I've just went by myself because nobody wanted to go with me. But when I'm down there, to this day, when I walk towards that stadium, I get this little kid excitement inside that, wow, I'm going to an NFL game, man. we got NFL in Nashville. I still can't believe it. And it's, it's 21, 22 years now, whatever it is. I'm the same way. I still can't believe it. This is NFL football. I have seen every team in the NFL, most of them in that stadium. Over all these years. I mean, that's just amazing to me. The only ones I had left was Seattle. And finally, last year, I think it was, or the yes. year before, mm-hmm. I, was yes. Seattle. Yep. I was home for the Seattle game. Mm-hmm. Now I've seen them all. So being able to do this with your family, that must add a special layer of excitement to the whole experience, right? Well, it does, Amy. I, my grandson literally has grown up there. I've got pictures to go back, and I can show them to you later on, of me and my little grandson when he's just this big sitting next to me at the Titans game. And, you know, and now he's 21 and he's in the Navy and, you know. And my granddaughter, she's a little older and she loves to go too. Big, big, huge Titan fan. And uh, my wife goes on occasion, but 
She, she's just take the grandkids, man. They love it. <laughs> That's so cool. We but what a, spe- a I mean, what a special thing that you've gotten to experience that, and that they their memories of you will always be, granddad taking us to an NFL game. Just like we were talking before we started, my father taking me to see the Eagles play in 1960. I've never forgot that. I can still see Norm Van Brocklin hitting Tommy McDonald with a pass and win, beating the Packers. And then it took 57 more years for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that's NFL history, though. I mean, that is just that that is that is deep rooted, and that's just that's. You know, my first job in this in this league 35 years ago was with the Bears. Those are generational fans, and what you're talking about, and what Mike has just said, you know, now about your grandchildren. I mean, that's a that's starting a generational tradition after 20 plus years here with the Titans, and that those things are very special. It just takes time to build them. The very first game I went to here was at uh, Vanderbilt, and it was uh, San Diego. Oh gosh! And Ryan Leaf was quarterback. He beat us. I know, and he was going to be like the, the next big thing, remember? Ryan Leaf. Yeah. I'm thinking, man, I'm seeing Ryan Leaf. I've never seen Ryan Leaf again. <laughs> but you know what? Neither is anybody else. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Ryan Leaf is doing a good job on ESPN now. That guy has really turned his life around. Well, and he and he really did. And with all due respect, I knew the coaches out there when he was out there, and he was going through some real oh. some real things. And the, the, I mean, he bottomed out there when he went to West Texas A&M up there in Canyon. And, and so I agree with you, Mike. He is... He's pulled his life back together, and but there was a time, as you oh. remember, that draft, the decision was, is it Ryan Leaf or is it Peyton Manning? Well, and it was a close decision, yeah, absolutely too. Absolutely it was, because physically, when you vetted him, I mean, you know, because I've been in this long enough to have done that, uh, I mean, he had all the requisite skills. He had everything physically that it took if you just wanted to put a picture up there and say, here's what, here's what he's doing. Is this an NFL quarterback or is it not? All of those things were there. Now, what the thing about the Oak Ridge boys, a bunch of sports fans in your group. Oh, yeah. I know Richard Sturban was an original owner of the Sounds. Mm-hmm. He loves baseball. He does. So and do. Dwayne Allen's kind of a basketball guy, isn't he? He is a basketball fanatic. Okay. <laughs> he is a fanatic. He'd uh, he'd go to – it's just the game itself. He just loves the game. I, I th- he loves NBA. He loves college. He loves it all. He just loves that game. I think I think he could have been a basketball coach in another life, and someday he may still be. William Lee Golden, is he a sports fan? Not as much, but we'd drag him along. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come if he's got a ticket. If you got a ticket for him. If he comes and sits in the back of the bus, he's got to watch football or baseball. If he sits in the front of the bus, it's basketball. So he has no choice. Do you, as a sports fan, do you have a favorite arena that you have played that you think, man, that, I saw a game here and or I've watched games here and this is awesome that we're getting to play here? For me, it was the spectrum. The Spectrum in Philadelphia. Yes, in Philadelphia with with member Dave Zinkoff. Dave Zinkoff. Yes, the, yes. The public address Th- announcer. Three for two. <laughs> Julius Irving. Yes, yes. George Magettus. Yes, yes, man, you're there. You're oh, I there. love the PA announcers. <laughs> yes, you, well, well, you're one it's of the like best. it's like when the Pistons were really good. Oh yeah, with the bad mm-hmm. boys. Uh huh. Yes. They, they they would say say. Isaiah Thomas from Vinnie Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we remember our announcers, too. Sure. You, know, there's, you know, you talk about people growing up. People are going to grow up remembering you here. Uh, Touchdown, Titans. That's become a no, part absolutely. of our life. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And, you know, when I was a kid growing up in Philly, listening to Bison and, and the Phillies, you know, by, this is Byram Sum. Philadelphia Philly is brought to you by Valentine Ale and Beer. And you know what's so funny is <laughs> we all think, you're a Philly guy, so we all think about Philly fans as 
being what they are, and that's fanatical and really added and mm-hmm. sometimes a little over the top. And yet they've had these melodious announcers. Oh, yeah. Harry Callis. The, well, well NFL, and NFL then, Films is in Philly. And, right. And, and then I'll go before you. Well, you know this already, but John, John Facenda, he used to do the Channel 10 News in Philly. What was that like? Uh, he, he, did, he was like the, the news anchor on the, the local CBS Philadelphia affiliate, right? That's so good. And uh, when Color TV first came out, now I'm really... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> when Color TV first came out, this lady across the street, I, I lived in a row house in Philly, right in sure. Northeast Philly, Kensington and Allegheny, and this house across the street got a Color TV, and all the kids would like go up on the porch and look in the window. And the only thing that was in color in the beginning was John Facenda in the news. In the news. <laughs> this is John Facenda. I mean, he had that big voice, right? And then he was the early NFL voice. He's the frozen tundra. The frozen tundra of Lambeau Fears. Yes. I mean, see, so, see, we grow up with announcers, mm-hmm. too. And if you're a sports fan and if it means something to you. Well, and then, and then the guy now who does the Eagles is one of my favorite human bits, Merrill Reese. Merrill Reese. See, and I don't he, know him. Well, That's he my time. It's well, you've been here since then since because I think he took yeah. over in seventy six or seventy seven, and he is this proper. You know, I mean, everything his grammar is. I mean, everything he says is just meticulous, and the Philly fans swear by him. And he doesn't seem to be quote unquote their type of guy. But yet, but and yet, he's the type of announcer that they grew up listening to well you mentioned harry callis man i mean oh. the, the phillies had his coffin out there in, in in citizens bank field on the on the mound for crying out loud i mean announcers are meaningful mm-hmm. and they, they sure were growing up for me and they obviously still are that's why i'm saying you've got just as much impact well you're nice to say or that. more than you think i bet you i can attest to that with mike keith yeah, we're going to put his coffin on the 50-yard line. Great. Okay. It'll be really good. She wants to I'll do go. that while I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. All right, you so, can come live. So let's do, let's do a quick pitch for Titan season tickets because Coach Mack and I are doing something Thursday night. Now, you're going to be at the Opry Thursday night. Yeah, we are. At the Ryman. At the Ryman. It's, it's oh. a, classic, uh, Ryman, uh, oh. a classic version of the – in other words, make sure you sing old songs. Okay. <laughs> we it, got them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is it the best place to play acoustically, as they say? Is it oh, as perfect as they say it is? Yeah. Yeah. The Ryman has a magic to it. No matter how long it's been there and no matter how many times you go there or play there, when you hit that stage and you look out at that, you know, at those pews all full, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible feeling. It's, it's magic. That's awesome. It's That's magic. Wow. Well, so everybody will be at the Ryman for you guys and the Grand Ole Opry Thursday night. But Coach Mack and I are doing a season ticket member event. So you can go to this beforehand. There you go. If you are considering becoming a season ticket member, Coach Mack and I are hosting a Titans 101 just for you Thursday at Nissan Stadium. If you'd like to join us, call 615-565-4200, select option two, or email ticket sales at titans.nfl.com. By the way, I love doing these. They're fun. Mm-hmm. I love getting out with the fans. I just, I, I love this. You know, when I came back here to do this, I mean, I love the eight years that I coached here, and I, I mean, this is a, this is a place, and I'm looking forward to that. That's, that's going to be. That's a good thing. Being a season ticket member is a good thing, especially when you're winning. And oh, plus, man. in Nashville, you get to do a <laughs> podcast you know, with Joe Bonsell. Come on, man. Yeah, you're yeah. a podcast with Joe Bonsell. It's up and down, up and down. All <laughs> sports are like that. I mean, you know, several years ago, in all actuality, some of the worst football I've ever seen was played on that field down there. <laughs> oh. It was terrible. I remember my grandson one day saying, 
Do we even have a defensive coordinator? Is there one down there? <laughs> Is this why he joined the Navy? <laughs> to get away. Had to, to get, get away. away. Yeah, and, and he missed this last season, which I know. was the fun season to have been at. Oh, oh well. So what was your favorite memory from last season for the Titans? What did you enjoy the most? Beating the Ravens. Okay. Beating the Ravens in that uh, big game before we went to the AFC Championship game and even going to the AFC Championship game. Uh, to me, I watched the Titans go from a decent football team to a little bit of a better football team to accelerating, man. I don't. It's just amazing what they did this year. And I guess it all started when they went with Tannehill, I guess. Right. And uh, that was a bold move, Coach, wasn't it? No, absolutely. And it, it was, you know, we said during the season, and, you know, I've been a head coach in this league, That that's a hard thing to do, and especially when you're replacing a, a quarterback that, that was your number one draft pick that you'd exercised an option on to keep, you know, for your fifth year. You wanted him to go. But that's why I, I've got such great faith in, in the leadership we have here upstairs, you know, starting with Amy Adams-Strunk and Kenneth Adams and Barkley and then all John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. That was a football move, Joe. That was a football move. That was wasn't, that wasn't a move for popularity. That wasn't a move to, to swing votes one way or the other. That was a football move, and we are in the football business. But it was a tough decision, and it proved to be the right one. Well, it sure did. In fact, my granddaughter, Brianne, if, if she's ever listening to this, <laughs> we're sitting there doing one of the games, and uh, Marcus was struggling out there. It was one of sure. the first two games of the year that right. I was home for. And I don't even remember the opponent, but um, Tannehill was standing down there, and you know where my seat is. I'm like about sure. 25 rows up right on the 22-yard line. Right under you. You have a great seat. Because mm-hmm. I look up there and I see you too. <laughs> and uh, my my granddaughter says, who's that guy? I said, it's Ryan Tannehill, the backup quarterback. He's a great quarterback. She said, he looks like he could do it. Put him in. <laughs> he looks like he could. She's got an eye for talent. <laughs> yeah. No, really. <laughs> he looks like he could do well, it. Well, she was right. Well, you know, I always liked Tannehill. I did too. You know, he was down there in Miami with some bad football teams. He didn't have a line. He, they near killed him down there. And then he, he sat out a whole season, didn't he? Yes, he, he did. did. And, and, and look, he was a good athlete. I mean, of course, I, you know, I'm a West Texas guy, so anytime a West Texas athlete has, has success in the National Football League, I bring that up front and center. I mean, he grew up in Big Spring, Texas. He was a fabulous athlete. And then at Texas A&M, people, people want to say that he was a, a wide receiver, that they converted to quarterback. That is not true at all. The only reason he played receiver at Texas A&M is because they were out. He never, ever met in the wide receiver room once, ever, when he was there. He was that good an athlete that he could go in and just do that. And he's a, he's a really, really smart human being. He's really smart. And so, yes, I mean, he, he was a guy that could do it. But that, that's so interesting, and, 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 and I get your take on it, and all of us in here we know sometimes quarterbacks in the National Football League, they take some seasoning, but a lot of times quarterbacks are, are victims or either beneficiaries of their circumstances. And everybody likes a good comeback story. You know, it's so good to see a guy who maybe struggled in a system now be here with the Titans and really kind of get a rebirth in the NFL. People know Ryan Tannehill again. People trust him to be a quarterback again. So to be able to witness that was really fun. Well, now as a fan now, I'm here with authorities. As a fan, are we going to keep him? I was asked this morning. I did. Uh, I did. I did my wake up zone on 104.5, which is great, by the way, Coach. I love hearing you on the radio. Joe, that's so kind of you to say. Well, it's always so knowledgeable. Joe Bonsell just I, said look, he likes hearing you no, on no, the radio. Yeah. Joe, How about I, I, that? I, I, I okay. Here, let me let me return it. I like hearing you sing. So they asked me that, that question, and and that and that we were at the combine. All of us were at the combine. You know, for a week when the combine was going. That, that that's the huge conversation up there too. 
It really is. I've been involved in these decision-making processes, and, and this decision that they are coming to didn't just start happening now. Believe me, they've known that, you know, that, that, that this was coming. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. They asked me today on air. They said, you know, if you had a chance, uh, if, if, if they told you, if Tom Brady called you right now and said, I want to come, what would you do? And I said, I'd ask Brady how he got my number because I just don't give it out <laughs> easy enough. I don't have any idea. I really, I don't. I, I've got some thoughts, but to me, that's a huge decision. And, again, it goes back to what great hands we're in with with John Robinson and with Mike Vrabel. This decision will be another football decision that will be good for us. Well, the other part of it, I was at a function last night and someone was talking about Tannehill. We don't know what he wants. You know, only John and Ryan's agent and Ryan knows what he wants. A lot of the talk about Dak Prescott being reported that he's in line to get $33 million a year. And the, and the other question that comes back do we really believe Tom Brady is willing to leave New England? Nobody because, knows, though, do but, they? No, well, no, Joe. And, and that is, so Charlie Weiss said <laughs> Somebody something. at the table just did that emoji. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Well, but that's going to determine so much of what the quarterback market is. And don't you get a sense, Coach, that there are probably some agents waiting to see if Brady is really willing to leave to – to see how it's going to impact their client? Tom Brady's situation, uh, all of us, and for our listeners, is at the top of this bicycle chain. And once and once that decision is made, what, whichever it is, then you will see things start to cascade and things will start to and, work and on. And not just for the Titans. That's, <clears throat> no, everybody. Yeah. Everybody, because everything you do, you don't do anything in the National Football League as an organization that is done on an island. Everything is interconnected. Everything. It's a real small circle. Everything is interconnected, and the decisions that you make, and, and especially when you start getting into the salary situations, decisions that you make, if you decide to step out and pay somebody, that impacts everybody else because now, all of a sudden, another bar has been set. So Tom Brady is at the top of this chain, but there's a lot of important links that will, will cascade off of this decision. Well, is it unusual that there is such a a solitary move that needs to be made that impacts everybody else. I can't ever remember one like this. I mean, usually during free agency, there's a, some big-name guys that are moving around. There's a lot of teams that have needs. This year, it feels like Tom Brady is the first domino, and everything goes after that. Well, and, and th this year's unusual, too. And, Joe, you jump in on this. You've been a, a, a fan for a long time. Uh, this is the first time there's been this many viable quarterbacks on the open market that have NFL experience. The only thing I can remember in my time, of course, I was in the league you know, when free agency first came in. When I first came in the league, there was no free agency. We had the first free agent traded for two number one picks, Wilbur Marshall, one of my linebackers at the Bears that went to the, went to the Washington Redskins. And once those things start to happen, then you could see how everything was connected. The only thing I can remember, Mike, in my time, that a big move like that all of a sudden set a bar for everybody else was when Reggie White left mm. and went to the Packers. That was his, that was a pretty big deal too, and Tom Brady's thing's a big deal. Well, you know, it should still come into play some that, although he's the greatest quarterback of all time, or maybe he's the greatest I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I've seen some great ones. I go back to Unitas and Van Rockland sure. and all too, and oh, Sonny Jurgensen. Oh, yeah. Wow, you know, and yeah. went through Ron Jaworski up there. I mean, I've seen a lot of great quarterbacks play. He is forty-two, man. One of these days, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got like a little back problem right now. I've made it to 71 without one incident of anything. Between 71 and 72, things are breaking a little. Yeah. Now, in the football world, 42 is old. 
But it is. It, it is. Yeah. And the thing that has changed, Joe, and I'm glad you brought this up because this is, this is relevant. Quarterbacks used to break down like everybody else because you could hit them. You could go after them. Nowadays, different rules. They're not taking the, they're not taking the punishment physically that they used to take. When I first got into the league, I mean, part of your strategy sometimes was see how many body punches we can give him until he folds. Can't do that anymore. That makes a little bit of a difference, but to your point, I mean, sooner or later it catches up with all of us. Exactly. That's what the, I'm saying. The Brady thing that's so interesting, and someone pointed this out to me last night, so I'm going to steal their thought, is nobody knows what Brady really wants. Does he want Belichick to say, please come back? Is this about money? Does he want a new challenge? Does his wife want to live somewhere else? No one knows what's driving his overall decision. I thought that was a great point because Charlie Weiss, I, I started to mention, said on NFL radio, he's been tweeting some with Brady, and Brady said to him, nobody knows anything. And because all of these great reporters are reporting this, that, and the other, and I mean, these are people who know things, and they're all over the road. He's definitely going back to the Patriots. He's definitely not going back to the Patriots. He's cleaned out his locker. He's cleaned yeah. out his locker. <laughs> he sold his house. <laughs> he had a yard sale. He, I mean, he was the size NBA? of that house. Yeah, he was at MBA, and he's eating at the Crystal on West End. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's like it's crazy. But but to that point, what drives him here is. Is there something in this? Because my feeling has been no way he leaves New England. I just can't see Tom Brady doing it. Now, as we record this on March the 9th, it's a week until the tampering period begins for free agency. I'm starting to believe maybe he does. I never thought I'd see Joe Montana with the Chiefs Well, either. that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned Unitas. I mean, I mean or you mentioned how many people really would have thought when you really start, you really start looking, uh, especially in, in this day and age. I mean, when you were starting out as a, and you knew every one of those Eagles, and guess why you knew them? Because they were there every year. Mm-hmm. Every one of those players were there every year. That's right. When I started with the Bears, I mean, I grew up with Mike Singletary's. You know, his kids grew up. I watched his kids grow up. You watched, but this different now. This is different world now. That well, all were, sports. It, it, mm-hmm. Exactly. Baseball's Joe. the same thing. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you saw the Phillies every year. Johnny Callison was always there. You know, and then, you know, it's all different Richie now. Ashburn. and Richie Ashburn, baby. Number <laughs> one. One of the most underrated baseball players of all time. Yes, he was. And Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts, the fireballer. Yes. But you know who I really liked back then was Kurt Simmons, the left-hander. And years later, I went to a game at the old vet, and I'm sitting there, and uh guy turns around and says, hey, man, you're one of the Oak Ridge boys, right? I said, yeah. He said, hey, Kurt Simmons. Oh, gosh. I, I, I was like, oh, I like Kurt Simmons. <laughs> I could see his baseball card. You know what I mean? I could see it. That's so good. That is so good. I could see it. Wow, I'm sitting behind Kurt Simmons. Okay, so we have to we have to ask a Coach Mack question now. Okay. So we do that here on the OTP. You know, people actually listen to this all over the world. Amy and I have been stunned, and Coach has too, as we travel during the playoffs meeting people from not only all over the country but different places in the world. And so – we have to take advantage of his knowledge. And I've been asked this one, and I want your answer, okay, Coach Okay, let's Matt. go. I can't wait. Are I you nervous wait. about the fact that the Titans have not signed any of their big-name free agents Boy, yet? that's an easy answer. Absolutely no. No. Absolutely no. Look, there are there. everything has a time frame in the National Football League, and it has a time frame for a reason. 
okay? And there is no, look, growing up in West Texas, I mean, a great, great saying, and it holds true right now especially, keep your powder dry. Don't make a decision until you have to make a decision. Now, you're thinking about it, you're formulating your plan, but there is no reason. This is not a time right now, and please, fans, listen to me. The worst thing you can do as an organization at this time is to be ready, fire, aim. You don't, you're not ready, fire, aim right now. You're, you take your time, and then when the time comes, make your decision, make your call, and then you go. But jumping out ahead of anything, believe me, plans are being formulated, but do, that should be the least of your worries right now. Even Derrick Henry? The least of your worries. Okay. The least of your worries right now because you don't have to make – those players are under contract to us until a specific date. March the 18th. There you go. And you've, so you've got that time. And you, all the years I've been in this league, I've been involved in those upper-level meetings. You, you, you keep your powder dry until it's time to fire. But should Titans fans and people who are anxiously awaiting something to happen expect just the floodgates to open on March 18th at, what is it, 3 o'clock Central Time? Yeah. Just a flurry of activity on the 18th and 19th where everybody kind of runs back and forth and changes teams and places? There will be a, there will be an initial surge. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a tsunami. When you, that first wave hits, it's really big, but then there will be – after rolls and repercussions after. But, yes, because just what I've said, everybody, every other organization is doing the same thing right now. Every other organization is doing the same thing with their decision makers. Speaking of decision makers, I don't know if you guys have read about this, but the talk has begun that the NFL draft in Las Vegas may be held without fans because of the threat of coronavirus. You know, they just canceled the whole big South by Southwest Music Festival in Austin, which mm-hmm. is one of the biggest festivals there is. That, that, that festival, I think I read, brings $356 million into that community. Yep. And, and it's gone. All the sponsors pulled out, and they all decided we ain't going to chance it. I don't think any of us really know, kind of like <laughs> trying to f- figure out what the NFL is going to do, and none of us really know what this virus thing's going to do. And I think there's a lot of knee-jerk reaction. I think some people are making it out to be more than it is, in my personal opinion. But at the same time, it is killing people, and people are getting it, and it's all over the world. So that's pretty scary. I think for the city of Las Vegas, that would be frustrating. I mean, the city of Las Vegas is making a lot of money. I don't think that they are in a financial (laughs) deficit of any sort. However, what it brought to the economy in Nashville was so huge because of the huge influx of people that were coming. Mm-hmm. Again, Nash- or Las Vegas is a very different city, but I think that that would be something that for them would be a huge disappointment, especially when they're trying to generate a fan base for their new team. Mm-hmm. What a missed Good opportunity point. if they're not able to bring football fans in there and show them what football in Las Vegas is going to be. That's a good point, but uh, I don't think a lot of people really know what to do here. Right. I, I really don't because, you know, we're, lo- we're learning something new every day. And look at the stock market. My gosh, it went down so far today when it opened up that uh, they had to stop trading. Mm-hmm. And as of today, which is March 9th, but, uh, yeah. geez, it's, it's bad. It's the bad. unknown. Yeah, it is the unknown. I mean, that's 100% true. And, and, and just knowing, just knowing, and, I mean, all of us lived it, you know, last year when we had it here. I mean, I've been involved, just like all of us. Everybody sitting at this desk has done a lot of really cool things in their life and been involved in a lot of, say, you know, quote, big events, big things. That thing last year, 
the draft in Nashville, that was, I mean, that was so all-encompassing. And, and it was, I mean, it was like you set, set back, whether you're involved or not, and you're going, wow. And so they were waiting, for, they were waiting this year, I think, to try to top that. Mm-hmm. They were waiting for that wow moment out there. And then, and, and, and as you said, it, it's in jeopardy. That'd take the pressure off the top in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how eerie that would be to have the commissioner walk out on stage and nobody boos well, and nobody cheers? Well, we could die we like could, laughing. We yeah. could pipe that in. Hey, Joe, yeah. wait. If they had one dude there booing, it'd be an Eagles fan. <laughs> so, it would you know be. It. Or a Jets fan. <laughs> you know it. So the question, though, <laughs> that's a good one, Coach. The question is, would they go ahead and hold it? Because they're going to hold the draft April 23rd through the 25th. They're going to pick players. The question is, if they can't have fans, would they just do it in New York and in like a ballroom or like a, a like a like conference they used to room do yeah. before you were born? Yeah, yeah I mean, but still, I we mean. remember that you don't. When they when he used to when Pete Rozelle used to walk to what looked he looked like he was at a PTA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were probably eating chicken. They were, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just chicken. I mean, it banquet was just chicken. Banquet, banquet yeah. They got to always taste the same. Uh, uh-huh, that's right. <laughs> the you, first year I was in the league, we we drafted the whole draft in one day. Really? How many rounds? Twelve. Oh gosh. Start wow. in the morning and just and just go until. All right, that's enough. We're done. That's enough. <laughs> By the way, speaking of money and speaking of the NFL and speaking of television, Tony Romo, $18 million annually from CBS to call games. His deal is for three years, but if they get everything worked out and get a new TV deal, the deal goes for 10 years. Think he's ever coming back to play quarterback? No. Nope. Let me just Can I just say this from a selfish aspect of it? Sure. I'm now a color analyst. Yes, you are. And my contract's up. I was very happy. <laughs> are you looking for you, Tony Romo no, money, Coach? Well, I've mentioned it. I've I mentioned don't it. know that negotiating on the OTP is the best thing, <laughs> but you did it, so I like it. Full service uh, here on this podcast. That, hey, so really, I will say this. I don't know what the market is for color announcers. That sounds like a lot of money, but Tony Romo is really good. He's really good. He's when great. I first started hearing Tony yeah. on the air, I thought to myself, hey, this guy's really got something a little bit above Everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really thought he's one of the best, if not the best. Yeah, I think he does a really good job of taking high-level concepts and breaking them down to a level that's very conversational and very understandable. So no matter where you are in your football knowledge, and really whether or not you care about a game and the teams that are playing, I tune in because I care about what Tony Romo is going to teach you me. You watch for Tony Romo, yeah. just like we used to watch for John Madden. There mm-hmm. you go. Now you know now, now John Madden was the king of, of all of that. We love John Madden. But but we we were building up the announcers earlier. Now we'll just go the other way for a second. And what makes Tony Romo so good is that a lot of announcers are aggravating as all get out. Yeah. <laughs> they talk and talk and talk and talk. These some of these baseball guys, like when Jack Buck and Tim McCarver used to be on I I watched World Series with the sound down. Wow. And I still watch a lot of baseball games with the sound down. And and it ain't doesn't seem to be as bad in football because you know you got the play there and then they, but do they have to really analyze every single play? Does the analyst have to say, well, this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened when we just saw what happened? And sometimes that gets a little old to the listener, I think, 
I find myself turning the t- turning some announcers off. Well, I think one of the, I've, I've never s- turned you off. Well, Mike. thank you. I appreciate never. That. Uh, <laughs> very nice of you to at least say that. Um, <laughs> whether you mean it, I don't know, but I, I'm appreciative. There's um, no way to tell. There's no way to totally know, but it's okay. But the, I think Jim Nance does such a brilliant job letting Romo talk. If Nance tried to talk as much as he once did, he has said to himself. I've got this kid with me who is so good, I'm going to let him go. I think it's one of the most professional moves I've ever seen, and I think it it points out why Jim Nance is such a pro. Jim Nance is the best, too. Oh. He is. And I, I know Jim Nance. I've met Jim Nance. The Oak Ridge Boys used to hang out a lot with the Bushes, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, the name-dropping here, but, you know. We've, well, we've and he was this... like another Bush son, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. Yeah. And we've been to events, Bush's. 85th birthday, his 90th birthday, Kennebunkport, you know, with the wives up there just goofing off with George and Barbara. Thankfully, we got to do some of that. Real, A real incredible experience for us. And uh, Jim Nance, he was just really a good dude. He's a nice guy. Nice guy, and he's a real professional. Pro. I mean, he goes from, he goes from golf to this to that. Oh, he does know. the Final Four. Yeah. He does the Super Bowl. You know, he's written about getting to do the Super Bowl, the Final Four, and the Masters within like a six, eight-week period. Yeah. Oh. And as a broadcaster, you're like, oh. I mean, that's – that's Yeah, that's big time, man. That's just, Who gets to do that? Jim Nance. Jim Nance. Let, let me just say this for Romo. And, again, uh, and, and again, you know, I can relate a little bit to this. How fortunate was Romo to come in? And that's who they pair you with. Oh, yeah. Because just think about that. And then, you know, on another – you know, when the Titans asked me to come back, Mike, and to do – I mean, the reason I came back was, I mean – you knew everything. You're the, you're the best. Oh, well, and I, I knew, I knew nothing coming in. And you allowed me to. Well, you're. I've told, I've told Coach. I think he's like Romo, in that he is as natural to come in and do this. And when, when we had to go get somebody fast, there was only one name to go get, and he was living in Malibu. Why he wanted to come back and do radio, I'm not sure. And but again, I'm, I'm sitting here as the fan, and as a fan, I got to tell you guys, sound so good on the radio. Well, thank you. You know, I, I hear you on uh, 104 The Zone and stuff all the time, and you just sound so good. Well, that's very kind of we'll you. listen and, to but, you. See? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, here it is. But anyway, you know, for Mike Keith to take me in and, and, and teach me everything about it, but it's just like Romo, unless you've got a really good person and you're brand new at it, and they don't, they, they kind of nurture you without, without really, you know, without really trying to push you one way or the other, but help. I mean, come on. I mean, well, it was like, it's a benefit. I tell you, for, for the Romo Nance thing, it. the Madden Summerall thing, what would John Madden have been had he not had a guy like Pat no. Summerall? It's the same thing. It's, it's just a magical pairing that doesn't that doesn't always happen. Okay, so I want to go at the one more. Have you seen the rumor about what ESPN is talking about? Trying to get Al Michaels back to do Monday Night Football and pairing him with Peyton Manning? There you go. Oh, I would watch that. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be really top-notch. Yeah. yeah. Well, Peyton can do it. When when Peyton decides he wants to work every week, which he will do at some point. And uh, listen, his kids are smaller. They're getting a little older now. He has been reluctant to take on an every-week job. And I get that. But when he decides he wants to do it, I think he's going to be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a real student of the game and everything. He knows everything like Coach does. He, he knows what's going on down there and why it's going on down there. You know. So The I other think thing is, is when great. you see him doing the national commercials, he's just natural. It's just, and so uh, that would be 
that's a pretty big get. He's a funny guy unless you're the butt of his joke. Then it's not as much fun. <laughs> Which have you been before? Yes, Mike? I have. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, I have more than <laughs> once. When I was uh, so when I was doing a talk show back in Knoxville in the '90s, and he was playing, I get a phone call. We're on the air. And I say Peyton Manning's on the phone. I'm like, oh, sure he is. Right. Okay. So I hit the button. It's really Peyton Manning. He's just calling in. And he's like, Mike Keith, you know everything. I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> he says, uh, so today at Pro Day, who ran the fastest 40 time? All of the seniors at Tennessee working out for the pro teams. He was coming into his senior year. Mm-hmm. And so they had had the Pro Day the year before. This was the spring of 97. Well, of course, I don't know. You know, I wasn't there. And they have like six guys that can really run. I mean, really run Peerless Price and, I mean, all these uh, crazy fast guys. So, of course, I start guessing and whiff, 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 uh-huh. whiff. And, I, and he is just delighting in the fact that I can't get it. And you I, who knows everything. Yeah. Who knows it? Oh, he, well, he wanted so to call in so and just stick it to me. That was the <laughs> whole thing. Mr. Smart Guy. So good. That makes me and, happy. And then he got, well, see, he did this to me, too, when he declared – you remember he declared that he was coming back for his senior year, and he had heard me tell a story on the air that I knew that Heath Schuler was going to go pro when he walked into the press conference and his mother was crying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, gosh, he's going pro because Mama's weeping. Right. <laughs> well, so I told this story. So Peyton – gets up at his press conference that day when he announces he's, he's staying, goes, you didn't see my mother crying, did you? <laughs> I, I wasn't saying that about him, but he had heard me say that on the radio, so he was always listening. Ooh. And that part of his personality, like when he did the Saturday Night Live thing, mm-hmm. and he told the story about throwing the football at the kids, and uh-huh. the, oh, I mean, he is, he's a funny guy now. Yeah. yeah he's Unless it's aimed at you. <laughs> then it's not quite as funny. That explains when he went into the Tennessee Hall of Fame um, and I asked him if he would help me play a little prank on Mike and I asked him a question about what it's, Amy like, was almost fired. what it's like working with Mike Keith and he his eyes kind of lit up and he was like, oh, absolutely. And he just ragged on Mike for <laughs> a good minute and a half talking about how he can't wait for Mike to stop calling him and quit making him do things and he just hates working with him. He's so difficult. And he was just delighted to stick it to Mike. And so I like that Thanks, there is a Amy. history of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I really facilitated well, something football, good. If he were on Monday Night Football, he could stick it to somebody every week. No, he could stick it to you live every Monday. <laughs> that would be fun. I'd tune in for that. <laughs> All right, so Joe, do you do you have something, since you're here with Coach Mack, former NFL head coach, the only former NFL head coach on a local broadcast in America, is there something you'd like to know from him? Have well, we, I wanted to know kind of about where the quarterback situation stood, and he answered that question quite eloquently about uh, you know the timing in the NFL because I think as a fan, we all wonder if Tannehill's going to be our quarterback. Sure. Is the goofy rumors that Brady will be here? What? Brady coming in and Tannehill out? I don't know if I like that as a fan, to be honest. And then the Derrick Henry thing, the coach addressed because of that. Absolutely. And um, – I mean, I and those, know, are I leg- guess. those are legitimate and those are insightful questions because of this, because it is going to make a big difference because that decision is going to cascade down as far as the other decisions you make, not only for free agency, but also in the draft. 
And, and, and you know, we, we're, we're going to talk about that, you know, for quite a while now, too, because that's what's leading up. But this, this free agency period, and again, it's a good question that you ask, Joe, because it comes into this. You know, when you ask the last, I, I talked about how many viable quarterbacks there were in free agency. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback draft is always different than the regular draft. Those are two separate drafts because if you don't have a quarterback, really all you've got, a viable quarterback, really all you have is a highly paid rugby team. That's all you have. I mean, and so. It's a quarterback-driven league more than ever. It absolutely is. And for this many to be out there that are proven, that's going to impact what some teams are thinking about immediately how fast do I have to go get one of these young, unproven guys in the draft regardless of their ability. Now, Money, it makes a difference, but in this National Football League now, guess when you have to win now? Okay, well, Joe Burrow is going to play in Cincinnati probably for sure, right? Is it looking I, like I that? I would think, and, and again, as I say, I, to me, everything points towards that. I mean, I talked to Zach Taylor. I know I've zoned Zach Taylor since he was three years old, you know, the head coach at the, at, at, at the Bengals, and he, would, he wouldn't say, okay, because his father and I coached together a long time, you know, when Zach was a little one. But – he wouldn't say, but you look at it, and it makes sense. It makes sense there because what what Joe Burrow did in college at LSU, once you know, once they brought the system in from the Saints, is a whole lot like what Zach Taylor and Sean McVay and those guys do. So it makes sense, and that would put him way ahead of the curve as far as just learning the process coming in. But nothing's for certain. Well, you mentioned uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks available right now. Like who? Who, who in the NFL right now you're – Saying, well, Dak Prescott's, is, 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 you know, Prescott's it, deal is up. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. He's gonna, he's, he's, he's gonna be, he's gonna be available. Uh, when, when you start looking, if some of these guys get redone, I mean, you've got Nick Foles that made a whole lot of money that's going to be sitting out there, and I'm not sure he's going to make that money or with that team. Okay, already yeah, this year. Yeah, Derek Carr you could be Derek traded. Carr. Nick Foles could be traded. Matthew Stafford could be traded. Stafford. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a bunch of rumors out there in terms of how dominoes fall. There you go. And then, you know, then the what dominoes. happens with Tua, mm-hmm. uh, Tungavaloa, what, mm-hmm. you know, do, does he, does Washington take him at two? Does, does he go at three? Does he go at five to Miami? Does Miami trade up? What does Indianapolis do? Do they sign Phillip Rivers? There you go. Phillip, mm-hmm. I, know, I was just thinking of Phillip Rivers when you said Stafford. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, what happens with Phillip Rivers? I mean, there, there's just so much. And then, of course, from here, Marcus Mariota's going somewhere. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And somebody's going to really want Marcus Mariota because they're going to think whatever went wrong, we can fix that. We can that. fix it. Mm-hmm. And that's just that, that you know, speaking of Tua, I think Tua's in town. I think Tua's working with Trent Dilfer a little bit. I think, I think you know, so – there are a lot of things. There are a lot of moving parts when you ask that question, and so you can't just talk about one topic and isolate it because everything is. There's spider webs in this, and especially a big spider webs this year because you're talking quarterbacks. Well, that's what I'm taking out of this uh, podcast today the most, Coach, is your talk about how everything affects everything. I guess it does that in a lot of business, but thinking NFL and especially as a football fan like I am, to know that. This decision affects this decision, which affects 
effects. This it's the domino thing from Brady down. I mean, see why this is so much fun with him. <laughs> Let me tell you what you would like. You, know, you would be fascinated because you're such a fan to be in a draft room on on on, on during the draft. Because when you when you're it, it, you know people have a misconception, Joe, that when you draft you just got to you know n- names on a board and all and then your turn comes up and you say that guy. Well, you've got to know the entire lay of the land and the geography around you as to what's going on and and be able to project two and three rounds ahead and also then in your round picks ahead as far as to what somebody needs where they might be needing it we've got to move up or we're going to miss this guy all of this it's so connected you would be fascinated by that yeah that would be i'll tell you we've we've had some actually some good drafts here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially we've lately some good dudes man i mean when we john when robinson we... this guy that that, that that is running the draft here look I've been a head coach, and I, I would love to have had this guy as a general manager because he here, here's something about he and this head coach we have now, Mike Vrabel. They are boots-on-the-ground leaders. They're not ivory tower dudes. You've got some general managers in this league, and I won't mention any names because it's not beneficial for any of us, but that are ivory tower guys that kind of look at it for – these guys are boots on the ground guys. I mean, I can give you examples. I mean, I just know they're football people at the combine. They have what they call the the train station, which is just all the other players that are there that aren't scheduled interviews. You never see general managers in, in there visiting with players. Ours was, our head coach was. Well, you too. might find that uh, you might find something Look, there that boots nobody else knows on, about. Boots on the ground. There's a difference. These this guy here gets it. All right, so let's try coach out here. So, you, you, do you like the mock drafts and following the draft coverage? I do sometimes. I love them. I'm sad. That, I'm oh, sad that. Mm-hmm. I'm sad Joe, that way. Joe, so, I'm with you. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I've got three mock draft picks for the Titans that have come out in the last 48 hours. Amy likes this game. Okay. Oh, I don't so like coach, this game. So, coach, I'm going to throw these at you and see what you think. If you think it's possible or not likely. All right, so this is from CBS Sports. Zach Bond, edge rusher from Wisconsin to the Titans. Is it possible they take him at number 29 or unlikely? I'll say not likely. Not likkly. Amy, do you like that one? I agree with Coach Mack. What do you think, Joe? I don't know that guy. Okay, good. <laughs> See, I knew Wisconsin this year, but I don't know that guy. Here's what I like. This is an honest man. It's an yeah. honest man. Yeah. Because most people, when you start talking about the draft, they act like they've been digging in the information for years. That's what he's yeah. aiming that Joe, at. That's why I like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A.J. Terrell, cornerback Clemson, NFL.com, projects him to the Titans at 29. Interesting. Interesting. I have heard of him. Interesting. Interesting. I'd take it. Okay. Yeah. And then here's the other one. This is Walter Football. Walter. Uh, And I would assume that's Walter Camp or I I, I don't don't know. Maybe just Walter. It's Walter. It's a pretty good sight, actually. Yatur Gross Matos, Edge, Penn State. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I go back and forth. I vacillate on him back and forth because he – the word that's real popular that people have thrown out for years is tweener. Right. As far as as far as far a fit, a scheme fit. And, and, and when you start getting into the National Football League nowadays, guys, you know, and, and I love, you know, just sitting talking about this stuff, your edge rushers have morphed into some different people now because 60% of your game is played with sub packages. So anymore, I mean, you know, your guys that were three, four edge guys now, they may be really good sub package, which is four down and two people behind them in a four, two thing in a sub package as to where they might not be able to hold up in a, in a first and second down conflict downs where they have to go forward and back up at the same time. So to me, he, he's an athlete. I'll say this. He's got the athletic ability. I don't want a tweener. I want a big, nasty edge rusher. 
That's what I want. Well, and that's tweener's, what I'm tweener's not a don't bad we word. Don't we all, Yeah. <laughs> don't. Like, that's not, I don't want tweener, anyone that's tweener's a, a tweeny or whatever. I don't want that. not a bad word. It just Mm-mm. means that he could fit a lot of different places. Nope. You know, when the coach sits there and talks like he just did, I want to put a helmet on and run right through the wall. That's it. <laughs> well, see, he's promised he's going to introduce me to Mike Ditka someday. Because he coached for him for seven years. Yes. So I, I, he's promised me I can meet Mike Ditka. Wow, that's really Have cool. you ever met Ditka? No. I was in a room with him once, but I never met him. Let me just say this. You talk about good dudes. We're talking about Jim Nance, good dude. People are presents with a good dude. Mike Ditka, good. He took care of a real young Coach Mike really well. I mean, I owe my career to that. Does he still call you kid? Oh, sure. I mean, we had seven coaches on the staff. I mean, when he hired me, I was the seventh coach on the staff. We didn't have enough lockers in the in the old Hallis Hall, and so I got one of his. Well, how old was the kid? I got 30, 31, you know. And he, I mean, we only had seven coaches on the staff. And, he, and I didn't have a locker. He said, here, kid, take mine. Take my. I don't need to. You didn't have a locker like Rocky. No, no. <laughs> I don't have a locker, though, do I? <laughs> Spider Rico had a locker. Rocky Balboa did. Spider had a locker. Oh, God, this is good. Oh, All right, so so we got to wind so down funny. now. Joe Bonsell, at Joe Bonsell on Twitter. Yes. I'm at Oak Ridge Boys mm-hmm. on Twitter. I do the Oak Ridge Boys tweets, too. Do you, you really? Do? I do. Uh, Dwayne Allen kind of handles a lot of our Facebook stuff, and uh, our girl Kathy Harris, who's worked for us for 40 years, kind of does Instagram, but I do the Twitter. I, and you have been with the Oak Ridge Boys for 47 years. I joined in October 73, and, so, I'm, the, and I'm the new guy. You're the new guy. I'm the new guy, man. Richard, so, Richard some bass singer, joined a year before I did, and William Lee Golden joined the Oak Ridge Boys in 1965, and Dwayne Allen in 66. William left for eight years or nine years? He did. He left for eight years. He went out and sang with the Sons, did a bunch of solo stuff that he wanted to do, felt like he had to do. We had another guy come in and sing with us, and we did good. Just like we did this last eight shows, we, none of us, I wrote a book called On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys, and in that book I explained that, and I think this is a lot like a sports team, if it's done right, that the Oak Ridge Boys are the wheel. We're just the spokes that turn the wheel. And none of, none of us are indispensable. We have done shows over 47 years that I can remember without each one of us. I had vocal problems about nine years ago, and I didn't know if my career was over. It wasn't nodes, but I had bruised my vocal cords. So down here at Vanderbilt Voice, they said, well, you got to shut your mouth for, I think it was almost two months. And we had another fella come in and sing my part. I went out there with the group every night to show people I'm okay, play a little banjo on stage, you know, just goof off. And then I would go out and sit and listen to the Oak Ridge Boys for the first time. So hey, these guys are good. <laughs> and uh, you know, oh, and, uh, so you, and you know what I learned during two months of silence? My wife can talk. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea she could talk like that. (laughs) You you learn things. Everything's a learning experience. But but the important thing is the Oak Ridge boys. We all add to it. We all bring something different to the table, different talents, different ideas. And the great thing about our group is the fact that as old as we are, there's like no quitting nobody. It's always how are we going to do it better? It's forward thinking. You know. So good. And uh, that's well, why you, you we still, are what we are. You still got it. Well, when you hear st- the Oak Ridge Boys, it still sounds like the Oak Ridge Boys. This is where the blessings come in, and I give God the honor and the praise for it because we can still sing our cans off. Mm-hmm. 
And if we went out there as the Oak Ridge Boys, even as the older Oak Ridge Boys, we're like our own Oak Ridge Boy tribute band. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in a restaurant the other day, man. I was yeah. eating. We was on the road up there. I, I forget where I was. And I was eating, and there was a couple sitting over here, an older couple. And she says, I saw the Oak Ridge Boys bus. They're in town tonight. And he goes, I can't be them. <laughs> but it is them. It can't, it can't, that's it can't be them. Can't that's be what them. I thought when I saw you in the stands the first time. I'm like, that can't be Joe Bond. He's at the Titans game. The oh, man, the I NFL team. The, the the guy with the Oak Ridge Boys is here, and then you've been there like every week for 20 years. So. Yeah. Well, I miss a lot of games. I usually get to go to about half of them. Uh, once we get further into November and December. We always gear up into this sure. Christmas thing. How many shows do you guys play a year? About 150. Wow. Wow. And what I was getting to earlier is the good thing is, is when we go out there on that stage, everybody's singing. And we're singing good. And, and the thing that makes the four-part harmony go is there. Richard still sings the bottom like, like nobody wow. else. Nobody, nobody even has mm-hmm. one of those but us. And Golden and that country twang of his and the strength of Golden. That's why it's funny to see him be the sick one here recently because Golden is like a monster. He's 81 years old. Is he really? He high steps out on that stage and yells, I feel like singing all night. And he ain't kidding. And Dwayne, he's your solid He's a Texan. rock. Yeah. He's your solid rock, your gentleman, your business mind, lead singer voice like no other. I've always thought Dwayne Allen and Randy Owen of Alabama were the two best romance singers I've ever heard in this business. And I still think that holds up today, even with the new kids. Listen to Dwayne Allen. Go back there to YouTube or whatever you want to do. Google. Listen to Dwayne Allen sing a love song. Or Randy Owen, for that matter. Listen to Randy sing Feel So Right. Listen to Dwayne sing Make My Life With You. What incredible voices. And I sing next to him every night. I think it's really cool. I've done a lot of cool things in my career, really. Seriously, for a kid growing up in a small town in West Texas, this is one of the coolest. Being in here with you. Oh, thank you, brother. That's the coach, man. I guess it never hurts to hurt sometimes. One of the all-time yeah. best. That was that, my mother's favorite song. I sang it to her on her deathbed, man. My mother, former whack. I visited visited them the other day in Arlington. My mom and daddy. Yeah, both, they're both in Arlington. Both in they? Arlington. Daddy, daddy uh, had a stroke at age 39. A piece of carot- a piece of shrapnel stuck in his carotid artery, damaged his brain. So from 39 to 75, when he passed, not much older than I am now, uh, he was disabled. But over there on D-Day. He got a bronze star for Utah Beach. 50 days in at St. Lowe, France, he took out a bunch of machine gun nests on his own because, as he said, he was just pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> won a silver star, won a purple heart with clusters. So he rests in Arlington. I was saying to him just the other day, I was there. Well, Daddy, you did that one right, man. And then there's Mommy over there. And what Mommy would love, because my mother was my mother, my biggest influence. She loved this country. She loved the soldiers in their older days. My mother, Lily Bonzel, wanted to, her and Daddy to go to the veterans' home for their final years because she wanted to be around the soldiers. I always thought she married Daddy, be, and in him she married all of them. Because my mother just loved this country, cried when a flag went by, loved her Philadelphia Eagles, would fight you, baby, over them Eagles, I'm telling you. And uh, what she would love is if you go to Arlington or any military cemetery, the wife has the right to be buried with the husband, as do children up to 18. Well. Most tombstones at Arlington have the name of the deceased military person here, and on the back it would say, like, Amy, his wife. Mm-hmm. My mother's tombstone behind Daddy, it says, Lily M. Bonzel, Corporal, Women's Army Corps. She would love that. Nice. Because uh-huh. Daddy was always still just a private. 
Every time he got a stripe, he lost it. <laughs> <laughs> so she outranked him like the whole life. And even there in Arlington, <laughs> it's got Joseph S. Bonzel Private and Lillian Bonzel Corporal. <laughs> that's, that's just, so anyway, I don't know where we got off on that. No, that's okay. No. That's good no. stuff. I got to ask you one more Take question. There's something I know. So I know Never Hurts did it because that was my mother's favorite song, Never Hurts yeah. the Hurt. My gosh, she loved that song. That makes me even feel better that I like it. I sing it every night I think of her, I swear to goodness. Every single night when we do that song, if it's on the set list, I, I, I think of my mother, so that's that's kind of cool how music can do that too. So if we're playing, mm-hmm. like in a playoff game at Baltimore, yeah, and you're on stage, yeah, do you keep up with it uh, as best I can? <laughs> does Does somebody tell you what the score uh, is, or well, either that or thank God in the age of satellite TV on the bus, we don't miss anything. Okay, and we've uh-huh. got the football package. Even if I'm on the road, we never miss a Titans game. The whole group of us, we watch the Titans on a Sunday, and if we've got a matinee show. You set the DVR, and if anybody tells you the score, they die. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, That's we'll, a tough bus. Yeah. No, it is. It's an old veteran bus. <laughs> so we'll get out there on that bus, baby. and watch. Oh, man. And in the afternoon, it's really cool to see, uh, say we're in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota on a Sunday, and the Titans are home or away, either one. And it's cool to see right around noon, everybody coming out of the hotel to the bus, and then we always have all kind of snacks and stuff, and we all sit down together and watch the Titans and cheer That's and great. yell. And yeah, yeah. You know how cool that is. That is so great. Well, well, we love the Titans, man. Thank you for your support of the organization. Yes, sir. And and again, to you know, you were there when not everybody was when we were just getting this thing started. And I mean it when I say it. Seeing you in the stands and feeling that support from somebody who's been such a big part of this community and has been such a champion of Nashville for yeah. so long meant so much thank and you. and thank you for being a season ticket member oh yeah man thank you and I hope you'll have me back to do this someday. oh absolutely I'd love to come back and do this okay. I just love this today whenever this is, you want yeah this come is on so back cool. and as I said I meant it when I said it coach Max got to do a lot of cool things just like all of us have in our life this is great yeah, at Joe Bonsell at Oak Ridge boys on Twitter Thursday night at the Ryman with the Opry at the Ryman that's Thursday uh, the 12th. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember, Coach Mack and I are doing something. If you're interested in season tickets, free event, Titans 101 at Nissan Stadium. Coach Mack and I are doing that. Uh, to sign up and be part of it, 615-565-4200, select option two, or email ticket sales at titans.nfl.com. If you want to become a Titans season ticket member, just like Oak Ridge Boys legend Joe Bonsell. Well, and I'd like to encourage the people to do that because we should support our Titans. It's so cool to have an NFL team here, and it's ups and downs. It ain't always great. Sometimes it's not as great, but, man, it's NFL football right here in our town, and uh, I encourage people to buy season tickets. I just wrote my yearly check to the to the titans <laughs> a couple of weeks ago i got my thing in the mail amy I, wells said make it out to her i, yeah, I don't know I, that that's the same thing all, but direct all checks too yes. i'll get them to your rep it's fine you can I'll follow her, amy on twitter at titans amy that's a m i e i started following her this morning he did go. we're friends now and yeah. the next the next otp amy wells coach mac and rhett bryan the titans radio draft duo what are you doing, defensive backs? We're doing defensive backs. We're getting into it. It's going right. to be fun. So one more thing. Make sure Luke listens to this. Oh, man, I will. Yeah. Oh, I sure will. I will. That's and the, thank you for your – That's his grandson. Well, I, as I have kept up with you over the years, I was telling Amy earlier, one of the things that is most cool is when you would say, hey, great day. We got to go to Nissan Stadium, and I got to spend it with my grandson. And to see that, that's what we always wanted as an organization. 
you know, we always wanted families and friends and people to be able to enjoy it. So it's uh, it's when, really when cool. When Luke was first born in 1998, and he was first just that little grandson glob, <laughs> you know, and I used to, I used to say, well, look at him down there. He's just useless. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife would always turn to me and say, I got news for you. That useless little blob is going to be the best friend you ever had. Yeah. And he has been. It's true. For Amy Wells, for Coach Mack, and for Joe Bonso, Mike Keats says, thanks for listening to the OTP.